Welcome back to the podcast of rock weekly podcast that talks about news of the world of rock metal alternative and everything in between my name is luke host of the youtube channel rocked and with me is a person who's had a wild 48 hours mr mark grondon a spectrum pulse up oh, you've disappeared hang tight let's get you on camera man oh man when i try to set everything up perfectly and i just had it man they can hear you so if you want to introduce yourself on audio for all the audio people well, this is pretty much, it's the closest thing because they haven't seen me on video for a couple of days outside yes. of Instagram. Um, so it's mildly appropriate. Hey folks, it's Mark from Spectrum Pulse. I talk about music, movies, art, and culture. And it's not 48 hours, it's closer to 72 hours where uh, I had probably one of the most wild, harrowing rides that any content creator can have. Um, I'll say this, um, I don't wish it on anyone, but I think there's a lot to be said about it and around it that I think is very interesting. Yes. You're on camera now. Sorry, just for that little brief introduction. Hope you can all hear us well. Let us know in the chat live on YouTube and Twitch. If you cannot hear us, quick updates. This will be the last dual stream podcast I do. I felt this was the appropriate one to have a final dual stream. Going forward after this week, it'll be live streamed on Twitch, and then just as soon as the Twitch stream is over, be uploaded to the YouTube channel. The reason why Twitch is cracking down on dual streams for the same content, and I don't want to step on toes for stuff like that, so that's the reason why. I think it's a bummer, because that's the whole point of dual streaming. However, I'm not going to question that for right now. So, starting after this week, Twitch stream live, and then it'll be posted onto the YouTube channel. That's it. Can hear you extraordinarily fun. silly because that cuts down on like uh, like does. compounding interest. It does, so, and, yeah, and Twitch's on that. yeah, and whole and the Twitch's whole thing is to, for Streamlabs was to be able to dual stream through Twitch and YouTube. Then why even have that feature if you don't want people doing it? But whatever, mm -hmm. I have no say in that. Anyway, mm -hmm. I want to apologize for not being able to do, be, do the podcast last week. Everyone, I was just so busy with everything going on, grad school work. All this stuff, real life just got in the way. I have been busy this week also. However, it's been a good busy. I personally signed up for every single thing I was busy with. Mark, on the other hand, signed up for none of it. None of it was his fault. And he had to deal with the beast known as YouTube and Google. Hackers, broken copyright system, NFTs, and much more of a headache than I've seen any YouTuber have in quite a while. And all in a 48-hour period. As of this recording, uh, 8.06 Eastern, October 26th, Mark has his channel back. I am timestamping that because who knows what's going to happen. And for, yeah. for everyone listening on YouTube, on Twitch right now, on all the podcast forms that we do this, because I know the Spotify and Spreaker is probably doing the best for the podcast numbers, I am going to give a lot of the floor to Mark on this. The reason why is because, one, I do not want to skip any details that are important that Mark knows about. Two, I do not want to paraphrase anything because it might be pretty severe. And he, even though I was aware of everything or most of the things going on because Mark was keeping us up to date, he was the one dealing with it all. And three, this is Mark's story to tell. And he is probably the best voice, um, the best vocal person to address all the situations going on with one, just the original situation of being hacked, but two... Everything wrong with the back end of YouTube that we've seen come crashing down. So, Mark, how was your weekend? Well, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, that was such a bad way to like just throw like kind of Where do I you, start? But I had there was no other way I could do it without making that snark. How was the weekend, Mark? Do anything good? 
the funny thing is, I was set up for Saturday to be so nice. I had got an episode of On the Pulse out on on Friday. It had been two in one week. Yes. Just to give you a little bit of context, that's 12 albums covered in a week. Um, so heading into the weekend, I was back on schedule. I was looking to get a lot of stuff out the door. Um, there was a power outage in Toronto around that time, just yes. for a big chunk of the city. So I'm like, okay, this is happening, but no big deal. I just move on. Right. About 5.45 p.m., I start seeing something weird happening with my Google account. I start getting alerts to my alternate address that is associated with that Google account. You say, oh, two-factor authentication had been removed. Alternate email address removed. Phone number has been changed. You have been signed out of this device, this device, this device, this device. Oh, and now your password has been changed and you have been locked out. I this to, uh, how, how, how soon did all this happen? Yeah, About five minutes. <laughs> and the thing is, and let me start by saying, I think there's a lot of impacts that I, I want to I untangle with this because I've been sitting and stewing on this for entirely too long and I've had very little sleep. So I'm going to try to remain as coherent as possible. Literally the night after this, I had maybe four hours. Um, so the one thing I want to highlight is that I am pretty tech savvy. Yep. In terms of my industry, beyond just the fact that I work on YouTube, you kind of have to have a certain level of tech savvy to be on YouTube as a whole, be able to make videos, be able to make them of a reasonable quality, especially as I've been doing this for eight years. Yeah. Well, I've, eight plus years. I've known that about you too. I've never questioned if you didn't know your way around not only just a computer, but also how to like run your own website, run programs and analytics and things like that too. Well, there's that piece, but also my background is extremely technical. I, I work in IT specifically. So I can read code, I can read XML, I can read HTML, I can parse large chunks of stuff. I built most of the most of the customizations in my own website. I built myself. So I've got a familiarity with all this. Secondly, I've been preparing and locking down for hacks due to my incident during the summer. Mm-hmm. When I had a very specific fandom prove to be... Uh, um, the very stable geniuses that they are. Yes. Um, that that spawned the Forbes article um, because this 2021 has just been a wonderful year for me. Um, <laughs> Ten months in, but, homie. Ten months in. <laughs> but here's the thing: I made sure specifically to lock things down even more robustly around that time, right? Because there had been hacking attempts, about 10 to 12 of them, primarily targeting social media like Twitter, but they were targeting YouTube as much. And I'm like, okay, I need to lock this down because the last thing I need is someone to come in, delete all your content, and move on. Yep. Um, from what we potentially identified, I've cross-referenced this with a couple other te- highly technical creators, uh, specifically Nash. Mm-hmm. Um, Crashy, um, everyone here should be familiar with Nash. He does Radio, Radio Dead Air. If you've been um, following for long- a while, Radio Dead Air. Mark is a big fan as well. Yeah. Long. I've met Nash in person a couple times. He's a great dude. He is. Also, probably one of the most technically minded people in the online space I know. He's been doing this thing 20 years. Yeah. So, so I talked to him briefly, and I think I've narrowed it down to two things. Either there was some sort of Trojan on my actual work PC desktop that had somehow swiped my Google address and went through an automated script and pumped it out mm-hmm. and I ran antiviruses I ran everything that didn't nothing popped out so it's either something really weird and new that I don't know was being detected or something got away from me that's a possibility I'm willing to accept that or and this is one thing Nash pointed out 
There was a Google data breach uh, on October 21st. And we'll come back to that specifically because I think there's a lot to be spoken about surrounding Google here specifically in terms of cultural, in terms of both cultural presence and ethos that goes into the whole conversation. But I think it's most likely that it's that, especially because every other person I've talked to has also indicated in a technical space that YouTube, that YouTube and Google have been flooded yes. the past couple of days with people who have been hacked in a similar manner. And we found out, unfortunately, you were not the only one to be savagely attacked like this. This was like in the thousands, not just a handful of people. This was and this thousand was, creators. Yeah. And this was also most likely not the work of one troll just trying to do it for lulls. This was a scam, hard based attack to either for data mining, NFT scams, you name it. And Mark was one of them. So sorry to interrupt, Jack, oh. but I did want to bring that up, too. Go ahead. No, that, and that's important because we're going to bring this into a couple things. First off, this is not some stan that is getting really angry no. that I was being mean to their favorite band. No. Most of them do not try that hard, and when they confront me in person, they've regretted it. Yeah. Um, when I want, I want to bring that up specifically because, on the one hand, it's kind of good to think about, oh, you weren't specifically targeted. But on the other hand, it is deeply dehumanizing mm -hmm. because you're in a situation where your channel was just used as chaff. It was used for the fact that you have X number of subscribers and ergo you can be used to market something. We don't even care what the content is on the channel. We don't care how long it's been established. We don't care about anything there. We can flip it, turn to something to promote. Right. And this is where what happened to the channel. If you saw this happen, you might have noticed something show up. If you subscribe to me at the same time as you are with Luke, you would have noticed my you would have noticed a channel show up going live called HexD. HexD is a cryptocurrency. Yes. Um, affiliated with somebody or some one of their boosters is named Richard Hart, I believe. Um, he's been in the space, I want to say, the past 15, 20 years, longtime booster of cryptocurrency. I do not personally implicate him for any of this. I don't personally implicate any of the people who are diehard believers in a cryptocurrency, because again, I've got complicated feelings on crypto myself. I think that's important to bring up here right now. I'm not against Bitcoin or a lot of those things as well, because I think in a sustainable environment or in a situation where Bitcoin can be mined ethically and not destroy um, the software industry, the hardware industry specifically with the massive inflation and depletion of CPU sales and graphics cards, I, and I also think in terms of the ideas that are pushed by it are really promising. NFTs, I'm a little, I was a booster of it initially because I thought that was really cool. You could have that something that was individually marking your own intellectual property online when anything can be copied. Problem is, um, NFTs are often so poorly set up and so poorly built that, yeah, the actual specific point on the blockchain can't be copied. But every HTML link that connects and says you own it can, which is why so many artists have had their stuff being stolen, mm -hmm. which is why there's such a, a frequent element of theft and wide-scale fraud in the NFT space that we've seen throughout the course of 2021. And what happened to my channel is they turned into a space to hawk this, yes. specifically because they wanted to drive up the price of a cryptocurrency, this hex cryptocurrency, 
for a specific period of time. And here's the thing, they weren't even running the actual promotional stream on my channel. If you actually went to go click on the stream and look at it, it was nature footage. Yeah. It was like it was weather footage. Right. It was nothing. So and it was simply being used for the thumbnail and the fundraiser yep. and buying ad space on YouTube. Yep. And I was so afraid. I was telling people, I don't know if you saw it or not. I said that on New Music Night. I was telling Gretchen this and everything else. Do not engage with this video. Do not type in the chats. We don't know if they're using like usernames to search for other people. We don't know what the nefarious deeds they're trying to do just yet besides NFT scams. So just leave it alone. That was Saturday nights and that live stream, live stream, I guess, is the proper way to call it. Went on for quite a while and... From what I understand, that's when you started asking us. You could not log into anything, and we'll go from there. Like now, you're aware of everything. Yeah. What's going on? What did you? What was the next steps? What did you try to do? Well, it's an immediate element of panic because at the same time, the way that Google has built in their backend authentication systems, I had every level of security built and optimized. Right. So when you see each piece methodically taken down. And then you identify specific, and I went back in and identified specific things about the hacker or the spoofed address of whatever the hacker was. Um, the phone number was tied to a Russian phone number, the name um, and the email address associated with it, I didn't recognize. I couldn't trace the domain anywhere. It looks like a spoofed email. Right. Um, so it's, it's tough to specifically identify what happened there, but I was... Like when you lose every method of authenticating or validating everything, it feels like someone's going into your house with an axe mm -hmm. and you just have to watch what happens. So I panicked. I went to social media. I'm not the, I'm not the sort of person who goes to social media to complain unless I'm seeing a systemic failure. And we're going to come back to that word systemic because, sure. oh God, is it applicable no, when it comes to YouTube yeah, and well, Google. Yeah, that's a big part of the whole podcast, reason for wanting to be on here too. So you threw the flag up. You were looking for help on Twitter. I know you were asking mm -hmm. us, like we have our own private chat and stuff, trying to get anything to see what's going on. Yeah. So everyone on social media knows now. I know several of us retweeted it. Several else were trying to show the links. We were tagging YouTube creator and stuff like that. So that night, Saturday night goes on, and how much help did you have from YouTube and Google? Limited, at best. Yeah, um, very the little. Problem, the problem is, and again, this is, this is the problem with YouTube and Google being as large as it is and having very few mechanisms built in place to effectively support creators on an individualized basis especially when we're talking about Google, the Google account entity, and YouTube specifically. You can very much tell in any sort of communications that they are two very different departments, Yes, and they do not know how to work with each other. We'll come back to that. It's a big part of the story. Um, yeah. I The other problem is that if you're trying to file something saying, hey, my account got hijacked, my account got hacked, a lot of the methods to identify that I was hacked require certain levels of authentication that because the hacker had been so systematic in spoofing a new profile that any of the automated systems weren't working at all right. in order for me to say that this was me. So I finally managed to get, I built a separate Gmail account. I managed to, and that's the other thing. If you have a separate Gmail account, make sure you have it. If you have one YouTube channel that has one Gmail, have a separate one entirely built excuse me, entirely built for authentication and 
specific moderation because if you run into situations where you need a backup, you need a Gmail account specifically. I've got three or four other email accounts associated with other things, but YouTube wouldn't take, Google would not take that. Yeah. The other thing I want to highlight is as much as I greatly appreciated the social media spam, because I had to think that would specifically optimize this, and I'll highlight this because this was one legit feel-good moment when I was at a really low point on Saturday night. It was genuinely thrilling to see all of music, Twitter, and that specific side of things come together. Like, Fantano saw it, Mike C. Tan, the Dead and Hip Hop guy saw it, um, Ollie from uh, Deep Cuts, he saw it, All Rock Coliseum, I saw Gretchen, I saw Hannah, I saw the whole, even a lot of the smaller creators as well who really stepped up in a big way to try to boost this however they could with their platforms. Uh, Not Real Music, Brad Taste, Notes. I saw a bunch of you guys step in, Radical I saw, Douche. I saw like, Todd was, also, Todd in the Shadows too, also. Throw oh yeah, yep. big shout out for Todd there because he then engaged his sides with Nash and Linkara yep. and Dom and that was a huge boon. And I, I want to say this specifically because this is something that I find is really legitimately special about this community is that we'll do it for each other. We don't have, there isn't the ingrained drama, there isn't the ingrained personality conflicts and rifts that would see something like this and like, oh, well, sucks to be him. Yeah, um, I agree. And we'll come, we'll come back to that later because that's an attitude that's worth unpacking. Um, but the one thing that I was really, really thrilled to see everyone step up in that, especially because I think there's some element of, we wouldn't want this happening to us. Like having someone take down all of your work yeah. for years on end, it's it's yeah. genuinely scary. And that was my attitude when you first started saying stuff was issue, and I was trying to look stuff up, and I was trying uh-huh. to I tried to hit up Google like contact like the live chat for you, and I finally uh-huh. got a hold of someone on Sunday morning. My whole attitude was, if I was in his shoes, I would want instant help too, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. So all that happened. Many people tried to step up and do what they could yeah. by repeatedly tagging all the main YouTube accounts on Twitter and social media, looking into mm-hmm. whatever we could. Sunday morning comes, you finally have a form to fill out, if I'm correct, to get all get start getting something back. We'll get to that in a moment, because I yeah. want to bring up something t- tied to the YouTube, because I think YouTube does a terrible job of social media outreach, specifically in this case. We know that YouTube has... For running a social media website, they are notoriously bad at this. Like, we can look at YouTube Rewind as the prime example. Oh, that's Um, a thing. (laughs) So I feel, I legitimately feel terrible for the social media interns that have to run those accounts and who are stuck fielding complaints because you can tell they are understaffed. You can tell they don't have all the answers because Google is such a monolithic, convoluted system and YouTube doesn't fit cleanly into that. Keep in mind that Google bought YouTube yes. and they have been working for a decade plus trying to get their systems to mesh and they still don't quite have everything all ironed out. Right. It's not a clean system. It's not, an, it's not a system that's all together. And Lord knows the poor social media intern doesn't, doesn't have updates. They can't track things. There's no globalized system of ticketing or tracking numbers for any of this. And as much as I appreciate you guys spamming the social media intern, because I do think that helped escalate things and move things along, especially yeah. as I had to pull the media card, which I don't like doing, but no, that... I, we, are, we are in the media. <laughs> yes, and I've seen you work in media, and also, like, you, this is a situation that requires more focus and attention, you know? 
with like mm-hmm. what your reach is doing. Like NFT is using or scammers are using your accounts for thousands and tens of thousands of subscribers to help spread that more on their platform. I would be concerned about that. It was my if it was my website, not even a platform, just my website that some other hacker got into was trying to sell whatever or try to scam people. I'd be upset about that. I would be upset too, but keep in mind, YouTube's got a history of not really caring what happens with large-scale users unless it reaches mainstream media attention. Mm. And as much as I could as much as I had drafts ready that I could pitch to Pitchfork Complex Stereo Gum Wired uh, Uproxx and a bunch of other media credentials in which I could reach out to. At the same time, I'm a guy with 42,000 subscribers. And do you remember that girl who got her account hacked? Mm-hmm. I want to say about a year and a half ago, Philip DeFranco covered her. With she ads, was a her, makeup guru. Her, ad, her AdSense was also hacked too. And like she couldn't access anything for a month. Gretchen told me about that one. And like for a month, mm-hmm. she just had no income. She had nothing. She got her channel back. But again, like they couldn't get her anything back. Just having your livelihood completely slashed away you know now there's a couple other points i want to highlight with that keep in mind there are the one good thing about the music community is we have that camaraderie whereas in some like the beauty community there's drama in other in certain other communities there's friction that we didn't really have which i was very grateful for um and that led us a lot of people to raise the alarm bells and draw forth some of that some of that traction I do feel it's appropriate at this point to bring up the people who were uh, less than complimentary. There were a couple. I, I, there were a couple idiots. I, I'll be much more direct on what calling them what they are. When you were showing me screenshots and typing out what some, not many, but a couple people were trying to do that. Sweet mercy! Ugh, just go ahead. Go ahead. This is your story. But yeah. Well, Ugh. here's the I have lots of opinions on this. I think that Twitter is the worst possible ecosystem for, for cultivating this. It's a cesspool, but it gives yeah. everyone it, everyone likes to be the one who gets one over. Um a lot of people will want to think things are so trivial because they are online, which is an absolutely stupid statement when considering how much money is already flowing through in this economy. And keep in mind, this there is a major monetary factor. We get paid off of our channels. A lot of people make their living working online. Just so to see not just your YouTube channels hacked, but your Google account attacked, and that includes your Gmail account. That includes potentially sensitive information. Yeah. To see that, see some people treat it as cavalier as it has. So you get the so when I'm raising holy hell on Sunday morning. And people are saying, oh, you're just a male Karen complaining or justice for your opinion on Donda or ticks Uh, to my downfall. And I'm like, uh, are you serious at this point? Like, how little uh, do you think about what we do? Like, how much, how dehumanizing is that when you see people take those particular points of view and when you realize the larger factor of this could be my serious livelihood. I might not be able to come back from this at some point. And that's terrifying. That's the sort of bone deep, oh God, where do I go next? Right. What's the next steps? What damage will be done to the channel? And that's the other thing. When people see a random spam live stream show up in their subscriber box, they unsubscribe. Yep. And they, and I, I do get it, but at the same time, it hurts. And that happened to you. About 1,300 people unsubscribed. That hurts. Which, yeah. Which is, uh, my channel growth has slowed over the course of the past year. I, I'm fully aware of that, and I will be taking steps to uh, alleviate that in 2022, at least in terms of my own plans. 
but it stings to lose the entire gains of a year. Yeah. Um, from something that you couldn't even control and something in which you're trying. And a lot of people, I can't even blame them for it. The opportunity cost of subscribing and unsubscribing is so low that, again, you can't blame them. Yeah. And that's the sad thing because, again, placing blame outside of the hackers is really hard here. I can't blame myself for this because it's a data breach on no. Google. I have a hard time blaming Google for this because, again, they are a monolithic entity where the majority of their engineers cannot see the full parts of the system in which they're working. And for them to actually scale back and to provide more individualized support to you and I, as I think we would love to have, yeah. but that would require the level of manpower, it would require a level of financial investment and a refusal to automate that Google as a Silicon Valley company would never do. It's against their fundamental philosophy. Yeah. So, so now, we get to, now we get to get to the really funny part of the story. Because I actually, there is a laugh I can have at this at my own expense. But, um, so, you know all those spammers that show up underneath everyone's comments when you mention you get hacked on social media? Yep. Guess who reached out to one of them and oh. got to go through that experience? Because mm. <laughs> here's the thing. I have no confidence or proof in Google systems at all. When you realize that your platform has been compromised and they don't seem to be on the ball or giving a shit... You reach out to other methods. You get you get to the alternative methods. Yeah. So I reached out to one of those people on Instagram and had to go through their process. I discovered a lot of interesting things about this. I discovered, first off, these people who are doing their uh, hacking are not nearly as good at hiding their location as they think they are. Wow. That sounds about right. Uh, um, they also believe in trying to do untraceable transactions. So you pay via PayPal and you say that, oh, you ha can't be through the goods and services pipeline so it can be refunded or challenged. You had to be through the, it had to be through Send the family friend. and friends yeah, pipe. Pay through a friend. But keep in mind, whenever you do that sort of payment, you have a hold on it for 24 hours. Right. So I couldn't actually get them to do anything until they had actually gone through. They're also very convenient about the amount of information that they leave out of their requests. So when I specified early on, hey, uh, lost two-factor authentication, you need additional security to break through that. Um, then they tried to break through it at one point, like, oh, uh, two-factor authentication, I, uh, we need more money to break this properly. So uh, uh. long story short, here's the funny thing about this. Number one, I know where they are. Number two, I have connections in the city where they are. So that's real intelligent on them. Number three, my main primary job is at a financial institution that issues my credit card. I can get those transactions rescinded like that, yeah. even through PayPal. So the fact that they were trying to scam me at so many points throughout the conversation, try to convince me they are legit, was deeply amusing. But at the same time, they have a business model. And keep in mind, I want to bring this back to the fact I'm tech literate. I'm the sort of person who can understand the workarounds of all this. I talked to my parents on Sunday, uh, on Sunday morning because we went for lunch that day. And I know they wouldn't have a chance in hell of untangling this. I know that the average YouTuber wouldn't have a chance in hell of untangling this. Like, I, and that places me in a very scary situation because I'm like, if I am struggling as much as I am, 
and I know I've, I've heard the stories of people who have lost their channels altogether could never get anything back I'm like if I'm struggling this much and I managed to come out on top how many people got impacted by this hack who will never have that opportunity and I'm lucky because I have a full-time job outside of YouTube I have something to fall back on I know there are well Luke you're you you quit your job yeah. If this happened to you, this would be a much more serious issue than what would be with me. Mark has, Mark has been much more composed than I would have been at this day because I'm in grad school right now. And my real source of income is one semester um, cost of living expense and YouTube, Patreon, Twitch. So yeah, I'd be in, way, I'd be in quite a bit of trouble. So Yep. So, and that's the important thing I want to highlight. As much as, much as I am ranting here, and as much as I'm going on a long-winded case, this is a systemic issue. This is an issue that goes beyond just me here, who is tech literate and tech savvy and can speak to this. There's a whole lot of people that this will impact who are in a way worse of a situation. And the other thing I want to highlight specifically, because this is a prevalent attitude that I've seen crop up in IT circles, and I work in IT, so I'm familiar with this, the people that think, oh, if you get hacked, well, sucks to be you, yep. or you deserved it. You weren't good enough. You weren't able to. It's the same attitude when somebody gets scammed. Yeah. Should have known better scammed. is the thing I've always heard, too. You should have known better. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's a cultural attitude. It's something where yeah. if you don't have, like, if it's something that's completely outside of my control in a monolithic system that even the people who own the system don't fully understand. That's a much more dicey conversation than I think a lot of people want to have yeah. because individualizing it, especially when it requires a specific set of skills to address, it gets way more complicated. It's the one reason why I'm more forgiving of some people who in specific scams because if they get scammed out of their money, a lot of people aren't good with money. They don't have the accounting skills to be good at money. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, those are all fair points too. Those are logical fair points as well. So uh -huh. you reached out to some of those. Um, they are like scammers trying to prey on people that are in a tight spot. Yep. Yep. So you reached out to some of them. You finally got a hold. And, and, sent, and now you're to that point now. I think we were like, you had to send a form in. You finally got uh -huh. a hold of some with YouTube. You're trying to get your channel back. Then what happened? Yep. So I got everything together with YouTube. It took... Again, longer than I would prefer because you can tell they work uh, business hours. When yeah. I say that, I mean California business hours. They come emails come at a very specific block of time. Right. When you work with YouTube, when you work with YouTube and Google, you can track that. Um. So this comes to about. So I'm a couple of days without my channel. I'm watching the sub count drop, mm -hmm. and you just feel this deep seated demoralizing. Oh. <laughs> so, but. And I'll be honest, like it's hard to it's hard to work on anything when this happens. I want to talk a little bit about the mental health side of things here. Okay. Go ahead. Because you because again, with some of the cultural attitudes, you feel like you got something wrong. In tech, it's worse because you feel like you should know better. You right. feel like you shouldn't have been caught because this is your skill, this is your industry. And so and now I'm sitting there and I'm like, do I even want to listen to new music? Hmm. Like, what's the, it's the yeah. sort of thing that makes you recalibrate everything you've thought about your channel and i'll be honest I, I told this to nash in a private conversation on a saturday night i'm like the scariest side of things was wasn't that i had lost my channel wasn't that it was all gone wasn't that i lost access to billboard breakdown too because again two yeah. channels here and that will become an issue right. later on it was that 
growth had slowed to the point because of the algorithm that was it even really worth continuing on with the same channel I've been working on for eight years or just start fresh? Learn from everything you've learned before, not have all the baggage of so many videos that have dealt with copyright claims and weird takedowns and getting hit with limited monetization, everything else that lingers on your YouTube account. Maybe start fresh, do something new. And uh, it, it's a low, it's hitting a low point. I gotta be honest, just the feel that you do it. But at the same time, I'm not the only person who's done that yeah. or has seen people do this. I've seen plenty of YouTubers who get to a certain point, realize their growth has topped out and like, well, my, we have so many dead subscribers in that group. So many people who will not check and will not care anymore. Might as well start fresh, get a new audience. Not a bad idea. It's tempting. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It's one of the reasons why I sectioned Billboard Breakdown off into its own thing was because I wanted yeah. to specifically like, I, silo that audience. Yeah. And it's not saying like not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. I don't, I wouldn't want you to, because again, that is like just pushing aside what all the progress and the numbers you've made. But at mm -hmm. the same time, I get the idea behind that. I get the logic behind that. So yeah. Especially as it's harder to go viral when you when you don't break out of trends and yeah. like it like it's so much of it is very targeted. You've had way more success in being able to bait the trending than I have. Like as I, as I will quote a uh, a video essay, it needs to be extremely rare that it goes viral at yes, all. Yes, extremely. An album review never goes viral, right? Or unless it's the click by AJR and. That was more because of my performance than anything else. Yeah, and that's well said too. Just the way YouTube has become more and more tailored to um, not like throwing out album reviews, like just reviews in general for whatever it is over the past year and a half or so. I've noticed that too. Well, here's the bizarre thing. If I've had solo album reviews on big acts, mm -hmm. they've actually done better than anything else I put out this year. Really? I mean, that, yeah. I get, that I get to, the multi-album videos, when I was doing those, those would usually tank for whatever yeah. reason. And I, it's just how it is now. It's just the way the format is for whatever that algorithm is. Also, I just got a message on Twitch, want to become famous by followers and viewers. So even during a stream well, like this about all this, I'm getting these messages. So sorry to interrupt. The one thing I, yeah. the one thing I want to say is that it is genuinely, like, again, it's the sort of thing I need to rework some content going into the next year. Um, it is genuinely depressing when I built on the pulse specifically to draw more attention to underground acts mm -hmm. and new and music that was off the beaten path and then realize that the, my most successful videos will be about the biggest artist. Yeah. When it really highlights just how many people are really engaged with music as more like, and they want to discover and explore more in terms of the art form. And that's really why I want to get into this is because again, it's the art form that I find more interesting than who's the most popular. That's why I, that's why my Kanye and Drake video was the same video. Yes. And highlighting um, exactly the point I was looking to make there. And the people but that did not, yeah. And by the way, the people that did not get that, by the way, that did not see both, you missed out on the bit. However, um, so now you have, Reached out to YouTube. They finally responded back to you. It looks yes. like the scammer was gone. The, uh, and, uh -huh. and go from there. Like what you found some good things. Like your videos were not deleted. Thank God. 
So well, they wouldn't. The scammers don't typically delete videos because if you here's another thing you'll learn about YouTube. If you mass delete videos, mm -hmm. it tanks your overall view count, and yes. YouTube immediately deprioritizes your channel. Right. They wanted to get as much traffic as they possibly could. I dug into that live stream in terms of what was done with that traffic. A lot of it was bot driven. Mm -hmm. So you can tell that the user of the account bought lots of bots to specifically drive traffic to that specific that specific video. And because that would prioritize the live stream, it would get more traffic and it compounds itself. It's how a lot of these short term like view buying schemes tend to work. Right. OK. None of it is none of it is built sustainably, especially on an account that's not yours. But that's the other thing. When you have an account that, when I actually, there was a point when YouTube was able to restore my Google account Monday morning. Yeah. Keep in mind, Saturday night. So we're talking over 20, like about over 36 hours turnaround yeah. time. Well over a day. Which, so I was sitting there, so I was thrilled. All my videos had been privated, which again, sucks. But again, I'm like, okay, go through them, try and work the system, put them all back up. Keep in mind when they took down my Google account, that impacts both of my channels. So it impacts both Spectrum Pulse and Billboard Breakdown. Now the hackers didn't touch Billboard Breakdown at all. They took out the channel branding and they and they dumped all the names and everything like that. But yeah. nobody cares about that channel because it had like six thousand subs. So it was very clear they were only there specifically because of the 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 value that came with having that subscriber base. They, that was how they wanted to juice the scam because it looked it would look as though oh this nft this cryptocurrency had that level of groundswell beneath it rather than so it's like forty two thousand, not like six thousand. tells you what it is it specifically tells you they were playing a numbers game and also is the reassurance that they're not doing anything sketch um well not doing anything that was it wasn't revenge driven i meant mm -hmm. YouTube didn't get that message. Uh, here's where we have the, the more traditional but a lot more enraging side of this. Because getting hacked is the sort of thing that happens to everybody. If, you, if it hasn't happened to you yet, it will happen to you at least once in the course of your life. Yes. Uh, if you're more tech savvy, it happens to you more often because you will go in spaces that you don't expect that you would otherwise go. So um, I was making all my videos public again. YouTube's automated systems decided to do their scan through of all the videos. Now, the account had been restored. This is the problem that happens when a Google account is restored out of sync with YouTube's team. Because YouTube's team would have recognized, oh, the account is hacked. We just want to restore it back to its regular baseline state before the hack. Maybe bring back all those subscribers. That would have been nice. Um, but no. Um, what happened was YouTube identified two album art pieces or two album reviews that I had. And I'm going to name the albums because this is this is infuriating in its own way. Nicki Minaj's Queen and Charlie X's Charlie XCX's Charlie, which both got flagged because of female presenting nipples. Yeah. Yeah, Mart. And YouTube says now, no to that every time. Well, well, here's the thing with that. I had gotten hit with limited monetization on the Charlie XCX review. Um, so had Fantano. Like, I knew that one was well-established. I'm like, okay, fine, limited monetization. And whenever I get hit with limited monetization, my belief is generally I make more money on Patreon per video anyway. And I'm normally able to draw the additional subscriber traffic, which I find more valuable. Right. 
Um, but the Nicki Minaj video had never been hit at all. It was back in 2018. It had been live on my channel three years. Nobody cared. But it was that. It was the two album reviews. And it was the live stream. The scam live stream. And that almost that actually is what normally takes down a YouTube channel afterwards because people will have stuff on the account that doesn't seem right or something like that, or or they have, might have multiple strikes, or in some particular cases you have a copyright strike, you have other pieces in there. My main account was okay at that time, but I'm like, okay, we'll see what happens. Um, but it was it's normally that NFT stream just because it was botted because it was because the traffic was inflated in weird ways. And a lot of people and a lot of my followers wound up reporting it. Mm -hmm. It got reported as dangerous content. That became the third strike, and YouTube terminated Spectrum Pulse. And I was livid, and I think deservingly so. Yeah, YouTube tried to help. People at YouTube tried to help finally, and then the system that was built by YouTube destroyed what you had immediately after. Well, it's people who, at Google tried Google's. to help. Okay, fair. Google. YouTube's yes. automated systems, being the half pint of rat shit that it is, um, didn't really execute all that well. So it deleted the channel. Now, let me describe a couple things that go through your head when you have channel deletion. Because, again, you I know these. there has been more stories about this because it's a little bit more common than the hack. Um and you encounter, occasionally encounter people who have got their channel deleted and have gotten around the ban, but I'm, that's not me. I don't want to do that. So, because the thing is, if you if you are actually if your channel is terminated because of community strikes, which is what this was being framed as because of this live stream bullshit, I would not have been allowed to make any more content on YouTube. Period. So that Billboard breakdown channel. Uh, if I put up another video there, I would have no guarantee that that would just wipe me off the platform altogether. Right. Now, there have been creators who have gotten around this. <laughs> Keemstar, sorry. Um, but a lot of that comes from the fact that YouTube is not an equal playing field. YouTube always loves to advertise that they are an equal playing field, but they're not. No, they're because not. there are certain creators who have specific sets of rules applied to them, not always based on subscriber amount. I should because if you have the backing of a major media conglomerate or a record label, you have all sorts of fun little rules that yes. you get and everyone else doesn't. Uh, so what happened there is I was furious, as justifiably so. I raised another level of hell on social media. Again, massive thanks to everyone in music, Twitter, and around that area for really amplifying that. Because, yep. again, that, like, again, like, Mike Seatow is like, what the shit is going yep. on? I, my reaction was, that is awful, and I totally believe it. So, yeah. that was mine. Well, well, the thing is, is that we've been through this before. YouTube's, nope. YouTube's back-end systems have been so hopelessly compromised over so many years and we get like copyrights the obvious one that we all complain about yeah we all we all complain about oh god we got flagged for something that's obviously fair use and since youtube youtube's form of arbitration places all the bounds of what fair use is into the copyright holders hands there's no third party arbiter which is also against which is also against fair use but that's of course it is. The, but that's besides the point. Go ahead. Yeah, but 
Again, so like they built their own little third-party arbitration system that will be taken to court someday and will fall in glorious fashion. Probably not in the U.S., but likely in a likely in another country. Yeah, Europe, um, Europe, Europe. Yeah, yeah, it'll be Europe. Um, but beyond that, then you have the community strikes thing. You have like, well, you've gone through that more than I have because uh-huh. you've had video where well, you've featured music video stuff with blood and like graphic imagery I, and yeah. It, it does happen. I mean, whether it's the blood stuff when I do like a horror retrospective on music videos with horror themes and yeah. things like that. Oh, there's blood in it. Take it down. Not even just like demonetize or limited adaptation. Block it. No one sees mm-hmm. this no matter what. So if you have to bl- put that in black and white. Oh, that's fine then. Yeah, that's literally it. That's it. So. No, no. And of course, you have the the omnipresent female presenting nipple. Even if the nipple's on an album cover, yep. even if the album cover is not the primary focus of the review, right? even if, like, even you can raise the larger question of why female presenting nipples should be censored at all. Yes. But, and, yeah. and, you can, and you can also make the larger argument of, okay, YouTube, you're now trying to take my channel down from this, but I know if I'm really savvy, I can find graphic porn on your website in about five, ten seconds. Yeah. On your homepage. Not page. difficult. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's the other thing that drives me insane about this, because it's a homepage thing, too. We've Everyone remembers the, the Logan Paul incident of what mm-hmm. how that the suicide force wound up on trending. But we remember the era where the uh, Spider-Man and Elsa stuff wound up on trending, too. Mm-hmm. We remember how... And that's the thing that drives me a little insane about YouTube. People will say that YouTube has all this command over the trending tab, has, and they do have some limited control. But I also want to highlight that YouTube is the YouTube engineer is trying to coax along the machine learning algorithms that drive this site. They're often as clueless as anybody. Yeah, and they're also and every, the system they try to put in is so that, that people have to do less work to coax and do things like that. The algorithm what yeah, pumps things I mean, into trending and media uh-huh. and things like that. So once that system's in place and it keeps learning and it keeps building on that, it's way past what the creator thought it wanted it to be. Way past. It's not even. It's not even that. I w- I would agree with you there, but I also think that YouTube's algorithm is often coaxed to drive watch time, and what drives watch time is often very different than quality content or what the actual user wants or what they might be more inclined to have. So when you start digging into the fine details of what gets recommended and how channels get prioritized and deprioritized, you find fascinating things. Um, and while you get the tradition, you get the occasional viral content that shows up more and more. Interestingly enough, a lot more content that I would not have expected to go viral has gone viral since the shorts edition. Yeah, the shorts thing. Because, yeah, yeah. Because watch time has done it. Because it's done interesting things to the watch time metrics. I've noticed that mm-hmm. in terms of how much of a channel gets recommended, especially for a longer runtime video. Um, but in the meantime, what I was doing is. Again, and this is where things get complicated because I have two channels. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be very careful that I kept both of them because I, when my channel got terminated, I'm like, okay, I just got to file the appeals process. Here's the problem. Google and YouTube are separate entities and they don't talk to each other. Yeah. Apparently not very much. And I get the feeling that the staff at, at Google have to be a hell of a lot more accountable than the staff at YouTube. And I bring that up specifically because Google has so many more actual grounded business implications that if there is a breach that comes with a Google account, 
or something where a Gmail is exposed, it becomes the Equifax thing all over again, where you have sensitive compromised information and then there's a legal liability that ties into that. We'll come back to that piece too. Um, so what happened was um, I got in contact with, I had two tickets filed with Google specifically because I had one for one channel, one for the other. I wanted to make sure I went into both of them in parallel because both were compromised. Even if they didn't care about Billboard Breakdown, I wanted to be sure. But when my YouTube channel got taken down, the only method is you have to appeal their way. Right. If you appeal, uh, if you appeal a terminated YouTube channel and you mention the word hack anywhere in that YouTube, in that description of what actually happened, um, they just send you a preform link saying, oh, it looks like your, your account may have been hijacked. Here's a questionnaire. Here's yeah. not even a questionnaire to fill up. Here's the, the standard list of options to go through. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, my Google account's already been fixed. Yeah. It was the hack that took it down. There was a level of intricacy that you clearly didn't handle. And again, it shows how much Google and YouTube specifically will automate these processes rather than having a human person touch this. But granted, the human person isn't always a good thing either, because I had two tickets. And I sent the same message of deep-seated anger and frustration with this takedown to both of them. Um, the one and I, I keep in mind that at this point, with the takedown of with the scam being the factor as to the takedown of the channel, that does, from my understanding, place them in some form of liability. Because it's not something that I actually did on their platform. It was something that was a security breach that was otherwise led to a compromise. And ergo, there had to be something that had to be expanded off of that. So it it opens up a liability window, even if that would have to be tested in court. I'm not sure where that would go. Mm-hmm. One set of communication was very complimentary. Like, okay, we look, we understand. we were ha- You were hacked. This is what triggered it. We will investigate. We will take action however we can. Right. The other team basically said, because you mentioned legal action in your email, we are referring this to our legal team who may or may not comment, and we have ceased all communication with you. Yep. Crazy this how... Is the, yeah, go the ahead, go ahead. The same customer service team. Yes. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, if I hadn't opened up a second ticket... If I hadn't done two tickets to track this, I'd been screwed. Because yep. there would have been no guarantee that that legal, that that legal representative would have had the slightest ounce of care to cover any of this at all. Right. And it's wild to see how two people who could be sitting in the same call center, cubes apart from each other, handle the exact same problem. Exactly. Especially when, and here's the thing, I specifically noted in an earlier message that I provided the ticket number, and I'm like, by the way, um, you might want to work together on this, because I've got two ticket numbers you want to track with this. Incidentally, that's why one reason the, that alternative hacker that I reached out to, the reason you discover that he's not very legit is that he can't figure out what those ticket numbers are. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun thing to discover. So, you said in, you responded back to both Google you yep. told them everything. You yep. had how how much longer was it till you finally got your channel back the second time after it was deleted? Well, that was Monday. That was Monday evening, about five something. Okay. Um, I had already gone through my Google account throughout the course of the day, removed any incidents of the hacker at all. The one thing I'll give Google credit for is that they locked the hacker out on Sunday night. Good. They identified it was hacked. 
By Monday, I was able to get access back. I was able to rebuild all my security protocols, reinforce all my security protocols, check all my other passwords in every other application, do a bunch of password manager stuff, put all that together. Um, my channel got terminated at about 4.35 p.m. around that time on Monday evening. And I was livid. I, again, I've said this a number of times. I just, At some point, I just had to get out of the house. I went to the gym. I did mm -hmm. stuff over there. I came back, and I'm just like, and I watched, I watched football and basketball, and I'm like, what else am I supposed to do at this yeah. point? I, I have to leave this in Google's hands. You're stuck to I wait. Yeah. Because I didn't trust my hacker at that point. I didn't trust my alternative hacker at that point. I'm like, you know what? I'll just wait. I, I got to pray for this, and I got to start making plans in case this doesn't work. Right. In case that, because again, and then the big thing about this is that, again, if you YouTube only technically, if you've had a channel terminated, you're not allowed to have a second channel. So... And that was the big reason. I'm like, I can't guarantee anything goes live on Billboard Breakdown today. I can't. Because, shit, if, if it does, then I'll lose that channel and I'm gone. I can't make YouTube anymore, period. And there's no alternative rules that would save me here. Right. So, thankfully, I got a complimentary message back from the YouTube, from the Google team. Yeah. And they, and they restored my channel properly. It's still down, still down 1,200 subscribers, but fine, I'll recover. Like it's it's a number at some point. Again, I I always say that Patreon will draw out, will draw yeah. more attention, and I'm heading into year endless season. Yeah, that's always a nice boost. I'm I'm gonna be okay there. Although if you want to go subscribe to Spectrum Pulse and Everyone, go over a breakdown right now, the options are available. YouTube and Twitch, especially on YouTube, the link to Mark's channel is in the video description for this podcast right now. Please hit that up and hit subscribe to tonight, like right now. Please do that. Yeah, Please that would be wonderful. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is, because the channel got returned, guess what other automated check that built that YouTube decided to run on the entire channel? That's right, their copyright scanner. And I want to ask this, because this is the part I don't know the answer to. Did you get an individual email for every copyright claim? Oh yeah. Uh, 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 uh. So what am I sitting at right now? Um Hang on a moment. You were in the two hundreds last time. Oh, I it's saw. more than that. It's more okay. than that now. Okay. Um, hang on. Um, because it was three hundred. It was three hundred forty before we got on the call. So one, five, seven, ten. So uh, this is the story of Mark being kicked while still down, being kicked again, being helped up, thrown down, being helped up, and then just slapped around a bit while he's finally on his feet. It's about 400 copyright claims that I need, that I need to handle, that I Ugh. will have either handled or need to handle. I've got another about 50 to 80 a night to deal okay. with. The one thing I want to highlight here is YouTube's standards of what counts in terms of getting hit by copyright has also changed yes. since I started my channel. back. I started doing Billboard Breakdown, which is the big, big thing that always gets hit. It's common. I get that. Um... Billboard Breakdown got hit. I put out an episode every week. I've been doing Billboard Breakdown for seven years. Mm -hmm. I normally get multiple hits per episode. Yeah. So we're talking, I'm probably going to get another 200 or 300 like copyright hits over the past couple days. I genuinely hope I don't get any automatic block takedown hits because that hits you with copyright strikes. Yes. 
And that's hoping, always cool. Yeah, he was hoping. He was I mean, hoping. It, it does sound like you made it over the bulk of most of them. So if nothing yeah. yet, I think you'll be okay. But I would as, agree. Yeah, but as it stands now, that was all a 48-hour span. And technically, it's still ongoing with the copyright uh, claim and counters and uh, appeals. But at the same time, or disputes, whichever term it is. At the same time, I dated and timestamped this podcast when we started. As of now, Mark's channel is back. Is it online still? I want to check this. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. If everyone else could too on YouTube and Twitch. All right. I'm going to. I'm checking my channel. Um, it is still there. Yes. And I've regained some subscribers. Yay me. Good. <laughs> so if you're not familiar with Radio Dead Air and what Nash does, he always likes to end his major show with what did we learn? Uh -huh. What we learned here is that you can take a lot of precautions and be careful, but still be hacked. But at the same, and it won't matter. And it it won't, won't matter. Yeah, it won't matter. It happens. We also learned that you cannot always rely on YouTube to take care of everything right away in a prompt matter, no matter how much you are dependent on it. Yep. And that's the deeply depressing thing, because again, is. like, I, here's the thing. I'm, I'm not fully dependent on YouTube. I've got Patreon. I've got... Other sources of revenue. Hell, I got merch that I rolled out like with a very, very soft launch a couple of like a couple of weeks ago. If you want to go to my website, go check out my merch. It's there. What is that? Nobody's website? bought any, but have what fun. What is that website again? Give everyone the link right now. SpectrumPulse.ca. Um, on the top main panel bar, there's SpectrumPulseMerch.com. Okay, SpectrumPulse.ca. Yeah, that will. That's where I've got my. That's if you guys want to go do that and find. I just again, typed it in the YouTube uh, chat as well. Everyone hit up that website. Um, hey, look. Yeah. Ooh. It's pretty. Nice it's Tumblr. Very pretty. You could get that Tumblr, everybody. So. Yeah. We also learned one of the many negatives. We learned one positive thing. More people can have your back than I think you probably would have thought. Yes, and that is I, again. I have to say I have to stress this. A huge. Huge thank you to everyone who raised hell on social media for this. Um, again, it's not something I like to do. Um, yeah. I do it on like the, I've done it on occasion when you get copyright takedowns from bullshit record labels. Yes, which sucks. But even there, even that's been quieting down pretty conspicuously. Like I don't tend to raise the hell that I used to. Yeah. Um, when it comes to this, I feel like there is an element that. We have a community here that's not incredibly toxic. And yeah, there's things we can improve. There's things we can all be better about. But at the same time, like there is a level of camaraderie that I really do appreciate. And that is not seen in every community. Yeah. Like I guarantee that if you go over to, I'll say the political side of YouTube, that if someone who is super on the left would get a channel taken down or get videos taken down, somebody in the center or the right might not step up for them or vice versa. Right. And part of that is due to the inherent conflict, but we're all critics. We all have very contentious opinions and we're all very loud about those opinions. And yet when it comes to us being in that same environment, I think that's that camaraderie has really helped. Now, granted, I think a big part of this is how it's opinions about music. Like we've like there's not that level of seriousness that comes with it. But again, the conversation of art and culture can often feel like it transcends some of those boundaries. And or it, or it establishes a different set of boundaries. I'll say that. Fair enough. So, rough weekend. Here's the things getting yeah. better. Yes. Um, and for and future, and you said, if I'm correct, you're going to wait a week or so to see 
if the next, like, just to test the waters and not upload anything just yet. Well, and that's the thing. I, I did want to stress this for anybody who is looking for the newest episode of Billboard Breakdown tonight. It's not going to be a video. I, I am way too cautious with this, and I, I think I've earned the right to be so. Take a week. Um, yeah, you, you've earned it. So Yeah, so uh, just in terms of I don't want to impact Spectrum Pulse or Billboard Breakdown. I want to have a, a little bit of time, let this smooth over, let this not potentially trigger off any other online automated systems I'm not aware of. But I did write Billboard Breakdown tonight, and it will be available on my website, www.spectrumpulse.ca. Awesome. I'll also be posting it to my Patreon as well. Um, and by the way, um, the other key thing with all the YouTube stuff is that this was a financial hit. Yes. Like, yeah, so if you guys want to hop on my Patreon, I'd be extremely grateful. One one thing I always like to say, you don't never are obligated to do so. I will be fine on my own end, but if you want yeah. to, you know, uh, I'm not gonna say no. And I always always make this pa Patreon pitch just for anyone, not just for mm -hmm. Mark or myself. You would be surprised how far two dollars a month goes. Not even a video, a month. You would be yeah. surprised how far that goes. So, that being said, we are gonna wrap up. I'm glad you are on the other side of this nightmare. Um, I know you speak for many other YouTube content creators that this needs to stop happening. And is there any other message you would like to get out right now? This is a message to Google and YouTube specifically. You need to have interdepartment communication. Okay. My God, have a, I'm not sure a universal ticketing system will ever work given the scale and expanse of YouTube, where you have one ticket that files, you can track everything through the entire process, given how many systems that YouTube touches. Same thing happens with Facebook, same things with Facebook given its connections into Instagram and WhatsApp. Same thing that would happen with Amazon and all its, its own individual tendrils and Amazon and Twitch and all that. But some form of communication you might have to lean off on the automation. You're making a fortune coming in. And I understand the hassle and grunt work and maybe even potentially lack of essential skills in, order, in terms of engineering in order to analyze and fix things. But you need to start hiring. You need to start reinforcing inner, at least department communication between the people within Google's infrastructure and YouTube's. Because right now there is a gap there when it comes to these hacks. And these hacks are going to keep happening and they're going to get worse. And while I did not take this to Uproxx or Wired or Axios or any other journalistic standards in which I could potentially push, I mean, it will to larger channels. And in fact, actually, I can say that. A channel that apparently was politically related out of the United, out of the United Kingdom, predominantly um, center-left from what I could tell, they got their entire channel terminated today for no reason whatsoever. And I believe it, it could have been tied to, it could have been tied to hacks, it could have been tied to something. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, gee, um, maybe it would make sense to have teams who are in better communication that we don't have to go on to a separate platform you don't even own to raise a stink about that. That to me strikes me as a massive infrastructure failure and you have the power as a corporation to buy into that. Because right now you are losing the faith and trust of everyone who's on your platform. And I, I know I can speak for a lot of creators that if we have the option to go anywhere else, we would. Yep. And maintain that audience. And we've tried a few times also. 
with past. We remember Blip. We remember Vimeo. Vimeo remember Vidme. Yep. I'm looking at that Nebula thing. Looks kind of cool for whatever it is. Yeah. I want to see have a little bit more groundswell. Um, but again, like you, every monopolistic power thinks they are safe at the top until they are disrupted in a way that comes through either increased competition, competition they can't project and compete with, like what's happening with TikTok and YouTube right now, or from regulation. And that second piece is probably coming down the pipeline smoother, sooner rather than later, especially with all those Facebook papers that have gotten published. Sounds about right. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Thank you, Mark, yeah. for being able to address everything. Again, I speak for Crash and John, everyone else on Twitter that was helping out. We're very grateful your channel is back and you're on the other side of this. Hopefully this never happens again. Hopefully. Yes. And, and again, I speak for all creators. Check your shit. Two-factor authentication, yes. alternate email addresses, build yourself a Google address, get a password manager. It is so yeah. easy it's to lose everything. Yeah. First step is 2FA too. Do that, guys. It's not difficult. It's not. So... Thank you all again. If you're listening to this right now on the main YouTube channel, I have an album review on Whitechapel's Kin coming up on Thursday. And then once I get back in town, November 1st, I start work on regretting the past. So hang in there, everybody. Mark had his bad weekend. I'll have my bad weekend. I know his is much worse, but still, I'll milk it for what it is. Thank you guys again. We will see you next time. Take care, everybody. Peace.